On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the Dude Bros will be talking new toys, specifically from The Mandalorian, as well as Baby Yoda. That's right, we've got figures, but they're not coming out till 2020. They'll also be talking Jedi Fallen Order, at least given their full review, a mod best getting a game show. They're going to break down the most recent episodes of Star Wars Resistance and The Mandalorian. Then they're going to get into talking about some Finn action. You know, Nick might have been right last week on his prediction about who leaked the script, so they'll talk about that. And finally, they will wrap with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. So go ahead and cue that music. Welcome back to the primetime episode of Star Wars Time Show. And as you heard, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. There's just too much Star Wars going on right now for two dudes to cover. But we sucked it up. We're here. We're going to do it. So let's get right into it, Nick. I mean, always, we, we try to start the primetime with some new things to collect, new toys to waste money on. Or maybe it's not wasting money, but you probably should be saving it for the apocalypse. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with the Hot Toys reveal. We got a look at... A new 1-6 scale figure coming from the Mandalorian series, which, by the way, if you people haven't heard about it, it's, it's kind of a good show on Disney+. Plus. But, Nick, we talked a few weeks ago how we are going to get a 1-6 scale Mandalorian. There's also an IG-11. But now, as the season progresses, it seems they're adding more and more characters to the figure lineup for the Mandalorian because we got a preview of a 1-6 scale Paz Vizsla, a.k.a. the Heavy Mando from Episode 3. Dude, what's fantastic about this thing is that, as you expect with these Hot Toys figures, is it they look fantastic. The quality is like second to none, and the level of detail that's shown in these in these figure shots from Xclue is just absolutely mind blowing. Like the level of detail in his weapon, the level of detail in his armor, everything looks fantastic. And what's so cool about him is. You know, Paz Vizsla, Heavy Mando, as he's as he's known, has a lot of cool like quirks to his armor and a lot of it's not pristine. So like all of the little dings and stuff like that are shown and, and showcased in this figure. I mean, it's absolutely mind blowing how detailed this thing is. Yeah, it's almost like these things cost damn near three hundred dollars, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it is a true saying, as, as cliche as it is, but you do you, you pay for what you get, especially in figure collecting world. In Hot Toys, is, I mean, it's, they're, they're second to none. There's really no other line out there. I mean, Sideshow makes some of their own one six scale, but to me, Hot Toys is the primo. As Nick said, you get damn near 100% accurate screen sculpts. The, the, the nuances and the details they craft in these figures are ridiculous. So... Uh, this guy, as I predicted, he is out now. You can pre-order him from Sideshow. And, and I, I, I kind of used the force a little bit, reached out, and I was like, he could be around the 275 mark, and guess what? I think he clocked in right at 280. Uh, so he's go. a little bit more expensive than Dinjarin, but uh, I don't know, man. Haven't pre-ordered him yet, but I'm, I'm feeling a strong pull, especially when you look at his Rocketeer tribute shot. You know, I mean, how can you pass yeah. that up? <laughs> that was how fantastic. That I mean, up? 
best best part of that episode maybe and then also it's you, of course when you're doing figure shots of of Paz Vizsla you got to just throw that one in it's iconic at this point yeah it's just, um, I mean he's like he's kind of lumpy looking you know I mean he is yeah. called the heavy Mando for a reason I mean it's not just because of his gun right I mean he's a yeah he's a he's a thicker Mandalorian he might not have been as down on his uh, luck as some of the other Mandos because I, I think this guy's been eating plenty of womp rats and blue milk and what's that other yeah. shit we learned about spotchka drinking some spotchka, yep, spotchka. and shit yeah, I mean, so this guy is not hurting for food. So. He's a big boy. <laughs> I'm surprised he's that a the jetpack could get him up there. And I would imagine, based on how he kind of called out the Mando in 3, that he's, I guess, considered one of the higher-ups, I would think. I mean, we know the armor is, she is the leader of that covert, but I have a feeling this guy's one of the lieutenants. Um, he's a badass. So yeah. if he's out there now, you can pre-order him in 1-6 scale version format action figure style 280 check them out on sideshow.com all right so awesome last week nick and i teased the first batch of baby yoda products and we were like Bleh. it's a bunch of fuck right it's just a bunch of shit it's literally not great yeah i would rather wipe my ass and wipe it on a white t-shirt and, and kind of almost <laughs> make an outline of a baby Yoda than buy what they were shilling at Disney shop, hot topic, target, Walmart. It was just, it was crap. But this week today in particular, or Tuesday, December 3rd, Nick, we finally got the the real deal stuff. And, and honestly, it's still not quite what I'm looking for, but you can bet your ass that I've already pre-ordered all these. And they are a Funko pop baby Yoda, a plushy baby Yoda with vinyl head and a 10-inch version of the Baby Yoda Funko Pop. Yeah, I mean, these things, like you said, they're not quite, you know, Hot Toys, not quite Black Series figures. Who knows Ugh. if and when we'll get those. Please, but dude, these... please. Let's still just say it a few more times. Hot Toys Baby Yoda. Hot Toys yeah. Baby Yoda. Let's, let's speak it into existence. Hot Toys Whew. Hot baby, toys, Yoda. baby Yoda, humana, 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 toys, humana, 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 give Yoda. us the hot toys, Baby Yoda. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I mean, that would be beautiful, but I mean, these things are a step in the right direction, like you were saying. It's not just the same fucking image plastered on a bunch of shit like we saw last week. T-shirts, pop sockets, coffee mugs, everything. This is like a legit creation from Funko, and it's a really cool-looking plushie that we're going to get, and, and, you know... This is the kind of shit that, you know, kids will gravitate towards, collectors will gravitate towards. It can, uh, me. can have some fun pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, come on, dude. I'm you're not, you're like, not feeling the draw to buy this little $25 plushy guy in his imperial symbol I'm, bucket? I'm close to, oh. you know, picking up one of maybe the Funko Pops. That's a good desk ornament. I mean, Baby yeah. Yoda is the hottest meme on the internet right now. Like, literally... I can't go to any fucking website and not see Baby Yoda on it. Like, even if I'm scrolling through, like, like, like so you're CNN, saying it's like the hobbits if, are going, the eyes and God, eyes and God, like that shit, <laughs> yeah. like Legolas' yeah, song. Is next fucking level memeing happening with with Baby Yoda, and it's it's fucking crazy. So I, I, may, I do like the one where they rift on the scene from episode four, where in the ship and Baby's fucking with the switches. Have you yeah. seen that one? And I think I put it up today, just in a, like a roundup shit post of just random Yoda stuff. There's but a like, bunch <laughs> of them out there. I've seen the. Yeah, they they dub in like music, like, and it's it's like him and yeah. Manda are going back and forth and fighting over what music should be playing. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> 
I mean, he really is. Every- I mean, Baby Yoda was made for the for this internet. I mean, somehow he's avoided getting shit on and destroyed by the trolls, and he's also made perfect material for, as Nick said, memes, this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, I mean, they uh, they couldn't have. I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if this was purely a Favreau Filoni idea or if this is something that like George had cooked up in his head, but like. It's the perfect character that you could create for Star Wars. Like, regardless of time period, like, this could have worked in the in the original trilogy days, could have worked in prequel, and it definitely works now. But like you said, he's, like, immune to criticism because I don't know why. It's like he's the perfect Star Wars creation. Well, he's, a baby, he's a baby, and he's not a girl. I mean, that's what, really what you need for you these days in Star Wars, Lane. <laughs> because I'll talk about when we get to Episode Four, Mando, but... I'm sure you noticed there's a little less buzz and, and cheering about episode four, and there's a reason for that, unfortunately. So uh, we'll get there. It seems these days in Star Wars land, if it's not a dude, the trolls don't like it. People are but pretty pissed, even though it's, even it's odd. I mean, I, I was looking is, at some of the some of the tweets yeah. about episode four. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're never going to get out of this fucking cesspool. Like, like I what is wrong see- with Star Wars fans and women? Like, what I is saw, the yeah. fucking big deal? I saw one, and it's probably, yeah, the only one I saw that I even paid cursory attention to was somebody saying, like, how is the only person in this village that knows how to shoot a gun a woman? I was like, there you go. Yep, right, that, that's the done. one and talking I, about Omira. It's like, okay, yeah. is it really that odd that a, that a female knows how to shoot? Okay, I mean, I like, literally, some people. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Like, Matt Yeah, said, yeah, we we'll, we'll our, get there. It's just like, I don't even like talking about this shit because it's like you're talking about real life politics these days because, you know, if you there, there's a group out there that's going to fucking hate you for whatever you say. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. True. But at this point in time, I just it, this stuff's getting gross. Like, it's just sick. It's like people fucking wake up. This is science ass fiction. Keyword fiction. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's not real life. And even if it was real life, who who cares if girls are leaders or can do things that you think only guys should do? Like, who sits around and worries about this shit? I don't Very know, odd. but it's not me. So let's get back to our baby Yoda guy. So we got the plushie, 11-inch vinyl head. Uh, he retails for $24.99. You can pretty much find him anywhere these day, uh, today. Uh, he should be on Walmart, Target, Entertainment Earth. Of course, Nick will have the links for you in the postcast shell for this episode. So you can click Indeed. away and find him very easily. Uh, so you're getting the plush, you're going to get a standard size Funko, and then one of the 10-inch super size Funko, but it's still the same mold. So I have pre-ordered the plushie. I did that literally at 7 this morning when I saw Yak Face throw it up on IG, and I've also pre-ordered the 10-inch Funko. And yes, I broke my own edict of never buying a Funko again, but it's fucking baby Yoda. Yeah, you can't. Saying. You can't pass that up. I mean, because I, I also, you, Nick, I also think the the, the ten inch is almost going to be close to a one to one scale. I would think. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He, you know what he's I mean? Not very I, big. I got, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I got he's the Porg ten inch one, and it's about the size of what I think a Porg would look like. So that's yeah. the main reason I did it. But as you said earlier, as we kicked into the Baby Yoda uh, merch, I want that fucking Hot Toys dude. I mean, literally. As I said last week, give us a one-to-one, just like you did for Baby Groot. Give us a one-to-one Baby Yoda with his little egg as his accessory. That would literally make my decade. The the egg, little crib, and then the soup cup. Because that's like the new fucking... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He has to have world. the soup cup, for sure. Yeah. And, have the, and cup. the silver ball. 
Yeah, yeah. That that's his three accessories: the the egg crib, the soup cup, and the little ball from the <laughs> soup. Like that. <laughs> I feel like this point we should almost give him half of the Razor Crest panel too, so he can fucking sit there and push buttons and shit. Yeah, I know. Just like a just like a floating panel where he can flip a switch. <laughs> so I, I'm still holding out hope that we're gonna get some of the like true high end shit, like the really really high end collectibles put in a glass case type of deal. Oh, dude. I don't know if they're gonna do 112. Uh, I did find someone on Instagram. I think his name's Johnny Walker Customs. He's been cranking out a bunch of different versions of 112 scale Baby Yoda. Check them out. <laughs> they, sorry. It's going to be like this, people. I'm, I essentially have AIDS right now. Uh, yeah, but he's got a whole bunch of different yeah, a bunch of sculpts of uh, Baby Yoda. I mean, he's got him sitting in the egg, using the force in the egg, eating a frog, standing up, using the force. Uh, they're like 15 bucks a pop. Highly recommend checking it out. Mine haven't shipped yet. He's been slammed. Who knows if I'll ever get him. So if you order and you don't get him, don't blame it on me. Yeah, but I got to imagine the way that this particular character has blown. Like, this is the most popular character on television right now. Not, not, not the Mandalorian, not Disney+. Plus. This, all of television, this is the most popular character. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it, it is truly the Baby Yoda show at this point. I mean, yeah. Mando is the, the secondary to Baby Yoda. Yeah. I mean, so there's a 0% chance that these, you know, big retailers, these big uh, toy producers don't come out with, like, legit high-quality Baby Yoda material. It's just that when is it going to happen? You know, like, when did Hot Toys find out about this character and how much time do they need to build one? I mean, that, well, that's I, basically I, I pre- what it comes down to. Favreau did confirm, like, the reason there's such a crunch right now, it was all for spoiler concerns, which... Yeah. It's like, how did you convince a, a group of kid actors to not say shit about Baby Yoda, yet you're scared to, you know, tell toy retailers that you could literally sue if they fuck you over? But, oh well, <laughs> they're still going to capitalize on it, right? Uh, oh, even yeah. more so now, I think, because you can't get them. So when there's, anytime a pre-order opens, people are going to be like, blah, yeah. and just fucking vomit like I did today. I was literally... Vomiting dollar bills at the screen. I could not jam him into the slots quick enough to get the plushie and the ten inch ordered up. So he's out there. We got the links for you if you want to check it out as you're listening. Uh, I recommend you need at least two out of the three Baby Yoda figures you can pre-order at this point in time. One hundred percent. All right. So moving on to a little video game action, and uh, that's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now I'm not going to go fully into it because I don't think Nick has completed it yet. Have you? I have not. I'm on Kashyyyk, so I'm I've gotten a little bit into it, but it depends what chapter of Kashyyyk (laughs) because this game does a lot of bouncing between. Yeah, it's my first trip to Kashyyyk, so um, this is like I just met Saw. And I'm kind of, you know, going through that whole mission mission log there. Got you. First time on Kashyyyk. But I, ha- I have played the game enough to talk about, at the very least, you know, preliminary story that's being told and then all of the technical side of things. So Okay, I- yeah, I don't even want to get too far into it because Jared and I did it once and then I did it again solo because his audio failed out, so... It's just kind of my final impressions. Again, I will speak them in a way that I'm not going to ruin anything for Nick. So no real story stuff. Although I think the story, I'm not going to lie, dude. I don't know if I missed some parts because of all the tech glitches I experienced or what. But I felt like the, at least the relationships between uh, Homeboy, what's his name, Grease, 
Yeah, agree. Seer <clears throat> never felt as authentic as some of the cutscenes wanted them to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it also wasn't quite as uh, mysterious and intense of a story as I was expecting. It was pretty, not going to lie, it's kind of ho hummish. Yeah. I, um, so the little bit that I can say on the story, I've, I haven't formed an opinion on the story. I know that Matt and I were talking offline. Uh, like a week ago, and you mentioned the character of Cal seems just kind of like you said, ho hum, milk toast was the term that you used, but that's essentially what it means. And the way that I look at Cal is <clears throat> in the greater context of Star Wars and in storytelling in general, you basically have stories that are told from a character perspective. So, like character driven stories, and in games, you can think of like. The Last of Us. The Last of Us is a fantastic character-driven story. And there are games that are plot-driven, that the story is told through the game itself, not through its characters. And I feel like where Fallen Order is kind of falling down on its story is that it's only using Cal as a vessel to tell the story of the game. It's not actually building a relation like like you said like the relationship building and like you never feel like you're attached to cal you just feel like i'm learning things about this time period through him but that could be better served through another character who's also a little bit more interesting than him yeah it's, that, that's a good way to say it. it's just weird like it, it never felt i mean they, they try to position him with those two other rando characters you know they're not rando i mean npcs yeah they try to position like they become this this family unit, and I, I just I never got that. And I tried to talk to him every time it would let me, and it's just you know it's like oh yeah grief, it's getting ran down by bounty hunt. It's like when did that happen? Like, yeah, are these just stories we were supposed to read in the fucking pickups or something? Because a lot of the, the 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 casual conversation they would have on the ship, I'd just be like. Am I missing shit? Like when the screen goes black and the audio drops out, am I like missing full cutscenes? Or I'm not lying. Like, dude, I had tech issues out oh, there. Wazoo. I so like I don't know what I'm, I'm assuming you're on PS4. I was yeah. on Xbox One X. Holy fuck! Yeah, is this game buggy as shit? I'm on PS4 Pro, and I will say that there are a lot of. I've had more visual issues. Than right, audio. Where, where whole levels won't load, like where, yeah. especially on those on rails fucking segments that, which by the way are horrendous, <laughs> where you're sliding down shit. I mean, yeah. go fuck your face, respawn. What is that, dude? Like, what is that shit? Yeah. Every one of those took me at least ten to fifteen tries. It's because he would jump this way one time or that way another time. It's like, what the fuck, dude? That's but a- some of those dudes, like he would just like the game would freeze. I could still hear it. And the, the whole section of the game that was supposed to load would just be empty. There'd be dudes in, like, midair and space because the, the floors hadn't rendered yet. I see, yeah. And then it would, it would be like, okay, we're going to work again, and I'd fall off the fucking cliff and have to reboot the whole goddamn segment. That's I've had to do that. So one of the most notable... I've had two notable glitches, and they're both on Zepho, which is basically the first planet you go to after Bagano, which is the one where you're introduced to the story. You find out about Eno Cordova through Seer and all that stuff. So in Zepho, there's a point in the game where you go through these ruins, like these, these you know, ice-covered ruins. You come out, and then wind is supposed to be blowing up from the ground that rockets you in a way where you can leave the level because without the wind, you're stuck there. 
Like there's literally no way right. for you to leave. So I come out and I kill everything on the level aside from two stormtroopers that I can't reach because the wind didn't shoot up. Like it just never happened. And I didn't know that. So I was running around like, how the fuck do I get out of here? I can't kill these two stormtroopers because they're too high for me to reach. And one of them's a rocket trooper. So I can't shoot the thing back at it at this point in the game. So I just keep walking around 10 minutes in those two stormtroopers just disappear. Like I didn't kill them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they yeah, just, the games the game's like trying to fix itself it's like oh fuck something's wrong let's just start deleting code yeah so like the, the two dudes disappear and then i realize like oh wait i know what's but like i realize i'm like okay so the whole time when i'm in the tombs there's wind shooting up and that's helping me get across shit and then i look on the ground i'm like oh there's a fucking wind vent here and nothing's coming out of it so i had to reload the game from my last save and then do the whole thing over again and then the fucking wind came on. And there you go. <laughs> the, yeah. And then another yeah, I, t- <laughs> Go ahead. What's, what's one the other, other one other was bullshit you ran into? Zepho again. I'm going through the tombs. And again, with the wind, I get shot on top of the stage. Like, over the whole oh, you, level. You got, you got blasted out yeah. of the code. Like, yeah. you were in no man's land. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally walking on top of the... Like, I could see down, th- like, to where I should be, but... The way that the game, I was on top of the skybox, if you know anything about game development. Like, for somehow I clipped through the skybox and I got on top of it and I could walk around the whole stage. Yeah, <laughs> like, those, are, those are pretty bad glitches, my friend. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I'm not saying they, they rushed this game out, but I, I can't believe it hasn't been patched yet. Yeah, like that's a, like a the legit patch because I'm, I'm glad to hear. I'm not glad to hear, but it at least makes me feel like I wasn't the only one suffering through tech hell sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, those types of glitches are, are bad, bad. When you have to redo stuff, especially, I, I don't tolerate that shit. And, and like I was saying, I'm pretty sure I missed large chunks of cutscenes and, and audio because the screen would just fucking go black. Yeah, it's... It wasn't loading or anything. It would just fucking go black, and they'd be like, oh, shit, there's a blockade. I'm like, what blockade? I don't fucking see shit. <laughs> it's like, I can't see anything. <laughs> I mean... It's like, what are you talking about? So, I don't, I know when this game first came out, I mean, obviously, a bunch of Star Wars fans were elated, and, and so were we, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here. I mean, I gave the game an 8 out of 10. That's a pretty good review. I, I just think... And, and, Nick and I are huge fucking fanboys. I mean, we like The Last Jedi. If that, you know, that shows you how fucking Disney friendly we are, right? We're we're fucking chills like that. So, <laughs> I'm calling this game out. I don't I don't think it's as great as everyone touted it to be when the early reviews came out and this that and the other thing. I mean, story's not the best. Lead character's boring. Uh, the other characters, they seem cool, but the story's not laid out in a way where I actually give a shit or anything feels like the, there's real stakes. And then you have all these goddamn tech glitches. And really, the biggest issue I have is the fucking combat system. I and mean, that's a me problem. I hate the fucking Soulsborne style. I don't get it. It makes no sense. And it really makes, makes no sense to me in a game about a Jedi. When I have a Jedi with a lightsaber that swings it slower than fucking assholes with little electronic batons, it's like, what are we doing here, people? Yeah. What are we trying to achieve, Respawn? I mean, are Jedi supposed to get gang-fucked by a bunch (laughs) of dipshit stormtroopers? Are you fucking for real? They're fucking Jedi, okay? I don't need to sit here and have a combat system that makes it 
the, the, the only way I can get attacks in is if I do it precisely or if I parry or if I block and then counter. It's like, no. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that just because he had a lot of Jedi training. Like you could, you, some people will argue that he's still a Padawan. He was still learning, but he had a lot of Jedi training enough to where he wouldn't make I mean, if you look at Finn, the way that Finn fought with a lightsaber when he got it in TFA, like, this is just somebody... The dude was fighting in the fucking Clone Wars. Yeah, like, this is, this is a person, this, is, this character is a trained Jedi who has learned from the best that there is in, in, in the Grand Republic. And he does. He fights like a fucking moron. And it's really, like, it annoys me more than anything because some of the combat mechanics are cool... Like, I still haven't unlocked all the Force powers yet, but yes, there are cool things that you can do. Push shit off of cliffs and then, you know, use your slow ability to basically, like, stop somebody and cut them up before they can do a lot of damage to you. Um, but yeah, it just, it all, it doesn't feel fluid, though. It doesn't feel like a Jedi should feel. I mean, yeah. it feels literally like he's in a suit of fucking armor, like, it, like it's Dark Souls. It's like, why? Yeah. Why in a Star Wars game? I get you idiots and you masochists and want to go do this in your fantasy games. Have fun. But when you're controlling a fucking Jedi that can wall run, double jump, force pull, force push, all this other shit, why, when it comes to combat, he moves like a tank? Yeah, I I think that they could have had it both ways. Like, honestly, if they would have tightened up his lightsaber like movements like if they yeah, would the just... animations are so fucking slow i mean it, it's Soulsborne, my friend I mean, yeah. that's what it is that, that that's how those games are everything feels like you're swinging a five ton steel rod at people yeah it's and that is just not the weight of a lightsaber like you know it's just no. not how it is no and, and yeah if you <laughs> want to make the boss fights hard as fuck and you got to be precise fine but dude i'm talking story ass mode difficulty and there are times I would get in like a washing uh, machine cycle with a bunch of fucking bozo scout troopers. Yeah, I, dude, those are the worst. Like the scout troopers, I get it that like you want to give some sort of melee combatant to, you know, to Cal and stuff like that. But they make those ridiculous. Like I can't hit a storm. Like I can't hit a scout trooper three times with a lightsaber and break his guard. Like that seems pretty it's weird. It's retarded. It's retarded. I, I, I mean, I get hat wanting a little bit of precision, so it's not just mindless button mashing, but I, I still go back to the Force Unleashed. Yes, button mashing-esque, but never did I feel like it was brainless. I mean, that game was actually really challenging depending on the difficulty, and yeah. then you had combos you could execute with you know button press sequences. That, to me, is how a Star Wars third-person action game should feel. That Then you can really mix in the Force powers, with this shit, it's like you, you try to – you hit a guy and you block it, so that sucks away some of your stamina. And then you can't use your force power you want to use. It's like half the time you're fighting your fucking controller, the animations, and your goddamn stamina levels and shit. It's just like, come on. Yeah. It, it, I just want to fucking be a Jedi, <laughs> you fuckheads. Yeah, so hopefully – I mean, by the way this has been named – and I don't know because I haven't finished the game yet. Matt, you have – maybe you'll have more insight into this. I hope – if there is a continuation of this series, whether it be with Cal or whether it be with somebody else as the main character, that they do kind of loosen that whole style of game up, like style of combat up. I feel you, bro. A little bit more. They're fluid. never going back now. Really? They're not. Yeah. I mean, 
Because you're going to have a section of, of gamers out there that love this shit. Like the, those fucking crazy people. And I say this lovingly because I used to love playing games on their hardest challenge. I'm damn near 40. I don't have a lot of free time anymore. So if I can get through a game I want to I play quicker by playing it on easy, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. But I, I just I think now that's like one of their bread and butters for, for certain people is the combat. But I, I've seen other people complain. It's like... It's a Star Wars game. Shouldn't we feel a little bit more powerful than Stormtroopers? Yeah, I know. Like, literally, if you... I don't know, dude. It's just the whole Stormtrooper fight, like, fighting a Stormtrooper thing is so hilarious to me. That oh, that's wait till you get to Dathomir. I mean, Knight Brothers might as well be mini-bosses. Like, just common Knight Brothers. Yeah, I, I've actually... So, Dathomir opens up early, and I have intentionally been waiting to go there because i'm like let me build some shit up before i just jump in a death well, here's the deal i would recommend going there because you can only go so far anyways but you can find the double-bladed lightsaber oh i got the like, double-bladed lightsaber through bagano really so apparently you can get it multiple places yeah huh okay because i i was actually gonna mention it. i was like oh i just unlocked double-bladed so in bagano if you go back right after zepho after the first planet you go back <laughs> You can force push over a bridge at a certain point. And when you do that, you go into like one of Eno Cordova's like, I guess it was like a like a workshop. And there. Yeah, I, can, I still you, couldn't fucking get in there. I, I went back. Literally, I went back almost at the end of the game. To, I know exactly what you're talking about, because when you find it first, it's like, oh, you can't get in from this side. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. So obviously end the game. I'm loaded. Right. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to find this shit. Still can fucking find it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's hard to describe. It's where that Ogo Bogo it, is. It, that's it's not fine. a boss. I'm, I'm yeah. Either way, like I unlocked that already, but I plan on going back to it. I will say things that I really enjoy about the game. Yeah, let, let's get a little positivity because yeah. <laughs> at this point, it's just like, man, these guys are fucking. fucking they, they fucking hate they, it. They yell it. They yell at Star Wars trolls. Who the, who the <laughs> fuck do they think they sound like? I mean, I will put it this way. Like, I haven't been playing a lot of video games recently. Like, I before Jedi Fallen Order came out, like, I would play Kingdom Hearts 3 occasionally. But, like, ever since I got back from Disney, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order at least an hour a day. Like, trying to put in time because I really do enjoy the game. Specifically... Yeah, it's not that long either. I think you'd probably whack it in about eight, if that. Really? So, I'm probably... Like, if I sat down and... My problem is, is... I get so into the exploration, like looking for all of the different places. All right, that I yeah. Can go. So there you go, right there. That is probably my highlight of the game, and I usually hate backtracking and not being able to get somewhere until you have another ability. But yeah, that's honestly my favorite part. I probably would go back and try to 100% every planet, but I'm not gonna lie, dude. The fucking hollow map is a disaster. <laughs> You have literally, the way they do it with the 3D and the layered 3D, yeah. you have no fucking clue where you've already been, what you still need to get to. I mean, outside, yeah, some doors are green or red, and then you have the yellow, like, ooh, you haven't been beyond this fake wall yet, but you still don't want to, once you go certain places, you still don't know what you've already been to and what you need to get to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, uh, I've encountered It's not that. easy to kind of plot out, like, hey... In my uh, hour gaming session today, I'm little Nick here. <laughs> I'm just gonna go fucking explore all the areas I haven't explored in Bagano yet. All right, cool. You get there and you you pull up the map. You're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I have no <laughs> fucking clue where I haven't been. Dude, there was I encountered this pretty early on Zepho, and when I went back to Bagano the second time, 
Because when you go back to Bagana the second time, not only can you get the double blade, but you can also get one of those little, it looks like Eevee, like one of those little dogs as a companion from Bagano. Right. And the thing is directly under your ship, but the way that the map was set up, I'm like, I don't know how to get there. Like I was looking at it, I was like, how the fuck do I get under it? And yeah. it looks like there's something that leads to it from the side, but there really isn't. And y- you're right. Like the way that that's set up is not optimal and it can be confusing. So I mean, think back to the games that it's essentially based on, the Metroidvanias. I mean, those maps are always essentially covered in the fog of war. Yeah. And as you hit new rooms, it just you expose more up. and more. And then you can always see, all right, I haven't been in that little square yet. I need to try to get there. I probably need something to get there, but I know I can get there, and it, I'm going to make it my mission to see what is in that little square. Yeah. That's very hard to do in Fallen Order, but that, to me, the most addicting part Obviously wasn't the combat, right? I mean, I think I've late said my piece on that shit. But I love this My favorite part of this game were some of the cutscenes and exploring the fucking planets and trying to get to places I wasn't previously able to get to. Now, here's the thing, and because I'm a weirdo and I'm stressing out about Nick, I'm sitting here going, do I just put this game to bed now? I beat it. <laughs> I don't like the combat, so replaying it on harder difficulty just sounds moronic to me. Yeah. But there's also a part of me that kind of wants to go back and maybe 100% every planet. And even then, I'm like, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why? I mean... You're, you're going to be seeing shit you've already seen. There's no story stuff. And who cares? You're going to get pissed because the map's fucking stupid. <laughs> I just go back to the outer worlds or something like I am kind of struggling with that, too, because in in my gameplay sessions, I'm like, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. Like I I can see where the side areas are, but I'm not going to them because I'm trying to just finish the game. Like first thing in my mind is like finish the game, but enjoy it while you're playing it. And then you can go back and do everything else. But that's that's how I did it. But now I'm at the end of the game, and I'm sitting here like, well, when we're done podcasting, <laughs> do I fire up this game I've already beaten, and there's really nothing new story-wise to learn? Is I'd there, just be running around planets. Do we know if there's going to be any story DLC for this game? or is well, this that's a, My, my <clears throat> one buddy, the stump buddy, I mean, he beat it early, and he's like, yeah, dude, this thing needs some DLC, or I'm out quick. I mean, he's already beat it, and he's going through in a higher difficulty, but... Here he says, like, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing it to do it. I'll probably beat it on Jedi Knight, but then I'll be done with this unless some DLC drops. And I didn't hear any plans about DLC, to be honest with you. But yeah. I can tell you, without spoiling, the, the ending is set up in a way where they could definitely continue this franchise if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean... And I wouldn't mind it. I mean, again, I gave it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> uh, story, 8.5. Gameplay, there's the, the negative, 7. Visuals, eight and a half. The price should have been low, to be honest with you, with all the glitches. Yeah. Sound, eight. Entertainment value, eight. Replayability, eight. Because as we're saying, I mean, I'm considering just going back and walking around on fucking planets. Yeah, dude. But I could go play uh, harder difficulties and try different routes. So there is high about a uh, high amount of replayability. So yeah. it's a good game. It, it is one of the best Star Wars games we've had in a long, long time. I just think uh, the initial launch and the hype factor around it kind of tempered some people's ability to be critical about the game yeah i mean like there's a lot of perfect reviews coming out for this game and i don't i 
don't think that this is a perfect game. No, not far. at all. Like, I mean, no, nothing is ever truly perfect. I mean, things can still get a 10 out of 10 and not be 100% perfect. But to me, to get a 10 out of 10, you can't have fucking glitches like this game has. Yeah. I mean, that, that automatic, I, I think I even say in the video review, it would be a nine if it weren't for the fucking tech problems. Yeah. I mean, we're almost a month into release because this released on 11-11, I believe, or 11, yeah. Like 15. Yeah. Something like that. And you still don't have patches for very clear technical yeah, just, just like fuck off <clears throat> bugs. I mean, oh hey, where hey, uh, shouldn't there be a fucking level here? Yeah, <laughs> like just very simple stuff. So I mean, I do hope that that they release either story DLC or they continue the franchise because we do need more story focused Star Wars games. As in more, I mean more than just this one that we've gotten in the last 10 years yeah let, let's get some more fucking <clears throat> irons in the fire my friends i mean i i think this was touted as ea's biggest launch or the most successful star wars game in all of history that should that should be writing on the wall right hello yeah, keep hello. it going keep it yay <laughs> let's go start getting your stable of developers making some other games that are like this and not fucking battlefront yeah or not swago I mean, customization options are great. I loved, you know, yeah. tooling with the lightsaber. Exploration was great. I like so far, as, as far as I am now, I like this kind of overarching story of finding, you know, Cordova's things and, and learning. And all this stuff is very interesting. It's just don't stop it there. Make sure you continue it. And yeah. I, I honestly, <clears throat> I'm going to put all of the, the technical things on EA, I really do think that they typically <laughs> rush shit out, especially when it's a holiday release. Like, right, I am right. sure that Respawn knew about this. Like, they, there's no way they didn't know that shit like this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're basically describing exact or very similar glitches and you're on a completely different platform. Yeah. I mean, that that's proof right there that this game's got some code problems. Yeah, and in EA was like, you can't have another month. You have three days, so figure your shit out or patch it post-release. And that's just what EA is known for. Like, if you follow video games, then you know that EA is known for pushing games out before they're really polished and ready to go. Anthem? Yeah, oh, my God, Anthem. Is Anthem, like, anyone? <laughs> like, I mean... Even going far, like even, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic, I mean, had a lot of glitches before yeah. it released. Like, you can name multiple. Oh, no. I mean, EA, they're a bunch of assholes, but yeah. it is what it is. I mean, they're a huge publisher slash developer, so we just got to deal with it. I mean, at this point, it's not like they're going to fucking go away, so. Yeah, but. All right, well, there you go. There's kind of our final word on the following order. Nick's still got a little bit to go. We'll see what he thinks when he gets to the end. I'm not saying I'm disappointed. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. It just. There's a few things that really missed the mark for me. Yeah. All right, dude. So th this is kind of a cool story. Uh, we got this word today. There's a new game show coming exclusively to Disney Plus called Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. And really the cool thing about this is that Ahmad Best is going to host it. Now, yeah. If you're not familiar with the name, shame on you. You're not a real Star Wars fan. Go to hell. But that's Jar Jar Binks. So, I mean, you remember this guy basically wanted to kill himself because of how people reacted to Jar Jar Binks back in the day. And at this point in time, if that movie came out in 2019, he probably would have killed himself because of how fucking vile some of you people oh, are. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm I'm happy for Ahmad first and foremost. He's going to be joined by a droid companion voiced by Mary Holland. <laughs> but essentially, Nick, this show, the way I kind of read it, it's going to be set up like a, a double dare. So it is going to be a kid's game show, yep. unfortunately. So you and I aren't going to be able to get into <laughs> it. Um, but you're for damn sure I'm going to be training my three-and-a-half-year-old once I see what this game's about, I'm going to be training her and getting her ready for You're her own turn like on a, the show. Like a ninja warrior set up in your backyard for. Her. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's a, a quote from some of the brass here. This is definitely a kids' game show like no other. Uh, the various challenges will test a Padawan's connection to the Force in three locations: a forest planet, on board a Jedi star cruiser, and inside a Jedi temple immersing them and the audience in a fun, humorous, and exciting competition. Um, so there's going to be, like, obstacles yeah. and this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not saying I'm super excited about a kid's game show, uh, but I kind of am. Yeah, I mean, this is something that Star Wars is no, – like, Star Wars was always kind of intended for children – and you can look at that. You can see it in the prequels. You can see it in the animations. And, you know, Clone Wars is fantastic. And it's fantastic for adults and kids. Resistance leads a little bit more towards the, the kid side of things. And then Rebels, to me, is actually kind of like teen, young adult kind of, not really kids. But this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This shit is perfect, though. I, I love that. And I've said it multiple times on the on this podcast. I love that they are capturing the younger market because that's how a franchise that's how a brand lives on indefinitely is, is if you win the kids then you win the the next 10 to 15 years and if you oh, yeah. keep doing that then your brand is never irrelevant and no, you're right I, I think at this point nick they're like okay all you assholes born in the 60s 70s and 80s you're okay uh, those of you that are a little younger and grew up with the prequels, for some reason, you've really got to stick up your ass. So they're basically like, at this point, fuck all you old Star Wars fans. We're, we're As we dump off your Skywalker saga, we're just going to go after little kids and, and just start new shit. Exactly. Like, we've given up on you guys. You're, you're angry at something at all times. It's just like, fuck it. We'll go back to the kiddies. Crack it open and, and make sure that you're relevant for years to come. And what I think about when, when you described this was, like you mentioned, Double Dare, old Nickelodeon kids <laughs> yeah, competition the, I, I mean, shows. I'm sure you, just like me, when you watched that show as a kid, all you ever wanted was to compete on it mm -hmm. and to kick someone's ass in the fucking obstacle course. Oh, yeah, dude. It, like... This so imagine that, but with Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, come on! I, fucking, I think Charlie's gonna go nuts when she sees it. It'd be fucking it. perfect, dude. Like for those of you who grew up at the same time, like Legends of the Hidden Temple is what I think about when I hear this. You know, uh, guts, shit like that. Like yeah, all those. Those kids. are all Nickelodeon yeah, shows. Yeah, those are all right? Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. So I really like it, and I love that they're bringing in Ahmed Best, like you mentioned, Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> and. You know, there are going to be people that just immediately shit on this show. And obviously, 50-year-old dudes by themselves should not be watching this. This isn't – you're not their market. So if you Yeah, we actually got called out, or I got called out in my, my review of this last uh, episode of Resistance I'll talk about in the next <laughs> it's segment. It's like it's a fucking kid's show. And yeah, like, pretty much. And I was yeah. like, yeah, fair point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, you're right. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, this, is, right. this is for kids and, like – it being on Disney Plus, a perfect place for it because you don't have to worry about, you know, missing it at certain times or anything like that. They'll all be lined up for you. 
So it's going to be fun for parents to watch with their children. Or I just hope they put it in the kid filter because I got Charlie's account on a kid account, and that shit blocks everything. Really? I mean, it's like you can't even see Star Wars on a kid account. Wow, really? They won't even let you watch like Rebels or season. I haven't one tried. Okay, I might be lying. I haven't tried a search under her account, but you know how under a normal account you have the main menu and yeah. you're like, oh hey, this recommended that this. None of the fucking. None of, like, live-action anything is up there. Wow, okay. That's interesting. Even under, like, the... I, I don't even know if she has a Star Wars section. That's crazy. I mean, I would figure that they would at least slide Resistance under that filter. I could or, see... yeah, like, Forces of Destiny. Force of Destiny, or, yeah. Like, you know, Freemaker Adventures, Lego Star Wars, All-Stars. Yeah, it, it seems, like, at least on the, the Roku app, it's like, all right, kids are only allowed to watch Disney cartoons and princess stuff. Damn, that's crazy. But, but hey, we'll be, we'll be firing up uh, Star Wars... Jedi Temple Challenge. It's it's going to hit sometime in 2020, so keep an eye out Don't on worry. that. Don't worry. What we'll do is we'll watch each episode and then grade each child's performance. We'll be like, this <coughs> fucking That's actually kid not a bad idea. sucked. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. We may have to try that a few times, and if we don't get any hate mail or cease and desist letters we may keep it up yeah just a nothing like thing. shitting on little kids <laughs> <laughs> to endear us to the up-and-coming star wars community. yeah exactly <laughs> i mean hey it seems these days a way to make a name for yourself in star wars fan land is just to be a fucking hateful ass so let's let's go for it let's try it out or just be mike zero and th- fucking pull headlines out of your asshole on a daily basis yep but yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun little, uh, you know. Yeah, new so piece we'll of we'll be on the lookout for that uh, come twenty twenty. All right, so moving into more Star Wars programming, another show you can catch on Disney Plus at least its first season, and that is Star Wars Resistance. So uh, we had the ninth episode aired this past Sunday. It was called the Vox Vortex Five Thousand, and um, you know. As I kind of say in my recap and review, it's, it was one of those standalone plot episodes. It didn't tie into the First Order stuff, so it kind of bummed me out. But but as I teased earlier, a guy left a comment. He's like, you know, they, they kind of make some of these episodes for kids, right? And I was like, yeah. Yep. You got me there, pal. <laughs> it's like, can't but, argue with that, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that, but as a 39-year-old man that watches Star Wars cartoons meant for kids, I can tell you I didn't, I didn't really love the Vox Vortex. So, Nick, let, let's go ahead and... Start with some of the Easter eggs here, which I don't have pulled up because I'm an asshole. Yeah, it's you only have three, and they were pretty. Yeah, go ahead and lead it up because yeah. for some reason I pulled up the wrong post. Pretty big ones, pretty obvious ones, but the first one up is Frankie the Blue. I like that name, Frankie the Blue, for like a gangster type figure. It's it, yeah, it's a good good hut name, yeah. but a, a nice nod to the mob. Yes, exactly. So he's the first hut that we've ever seen on this show, and. You can think back to, you know, the Clone Wars errors. You had Zero the Hut and, and some other huts in, in there as well. So now we have a hut appearance on Star Wars Resistance with Frankie. And it's the perfect right. setting for him. Like you said, he's kind of a mobster and he owns a fucking casino. So yeah, it's perfect. perfect. He even, he even uh, we'll, we'll go right into the next Easter egg because he even shits on Canto Bite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's clearly a reference to TLJ, which is in the same timeline as we are in Resistance. So there's number two. Um, and then the, the third one, and this was a, this was a cool one cause I saw it as well. I was like, Oh, you know, the, the main plot thread for this episode is that it's really dumb, but like you've mentioned, this is for kids. And I tried to remember that I was watching it. Like the main plot thread for this episode is the, the, the aces are bored 
and they want to race. <laughs> so yeah, pre- I mean, literally, they're so bored. At the beginning, Griff and Bo are essentially having sex with each other. Yeah, they're like fighting. In the Aces Lounge, like rolling around and gr- playing grab ass. Yeah, it was very weird, but yeah. I mean, it was, dude. It I was, was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what's going on? And then like Hype talks to Doza and he's like, let's go to this casino. We can race and win you guys some money. And the way that Doza kind of justifies it to himself is he's like, well, I guess we need money. And that was the whole thing plot thread that's the one link back to the main plot of they're the resistance and they're on the run from the first order yeah it's like we need money okay fine that leads in and then we get here and the the aces have to race they're set up you know in races by frankie against you know what we find out is a droid so we find out that after the right and that's actually our our last egg i mean they're to me, they're modified vulture droids. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the same eyes. They sounded the same when they when they were flying, and they would even prong out and walk when they landed. So yeah, 100%. That's definitely a modified vulture droid from from. TV. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the episode, very uh, light in terms of narrative. I mean, Nick essentially summed it up in two minutes. That was the episode. In terms of top moments, I, I didn't have many. I, I did like Frankie the Blue. Yeah, and just. I mean, he embodied the hut bullshit so well. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, always always twisting the rules, always kind of tweaking this or that, changing things right in the middle of bets. Uh, he was he was a good hut. Yeah, he, he was wasn't, a classic huckster. Like right, he, I, I I compared him. He was kind of like a a mix of Jabba and Grabala the Hut. Now you'd be familiar with Grabala if you've watched. Uh, I think he was in Freemaker Adventures. He's in some of that stuff. Where Grabala's kind of posed as a dumbass, yeah. right? Jabba was kind of the mastermind tough guy. Uh, Frankie's kind of a mix of the two. He's not quite as big of an asshole as Jabba, and he's also not quite as dumb as Grabala. He's just kind of a mix. and you know, He's yeah. got his little floating platform and his little straw to yeah. suck on frog piss frog, yeah whatever he's drinking in there <laughs> it was so weird yeah so i i did like i did like frankie and just all the hut bullshit he threw at our heroes in the other moment i just i really liked kaz's flying segment like his win yeah yeah uh, the, to kind of take the day i mean him and tor again teaming up to to pull off the win but kaz really the one getting it i mean he he had some moves there when that vulture droid was trying to hold him up he's like wait 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 yeah he was able to get there, so I you mean, know, Kaz had a little moment in the sun, as he usually does. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of tops like you mentioned in this. I thought that, that one funny thing, and they actually kind of set this up really well, because you go from the transition of, of Hype talking about Frankie's Casino before they get there. He's telling Doza, like, oh, this place is always packed. We can make a right, ton right. of money. And then literally they, they show them walking up the stairs next with Frankie into an empty ass casino with one person sitting at like a slot machine. I was like, that's, that's well executed there by yeah. the, by the writers. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the top moments for me kind of do lie in the racing segments. I think it was a fun, um, outside of it just being super fucking repetitive because you're just watch you like you watch all oh, it's, it's the same, literally the same shit yeah. over and over. Like, I mean, once you get there and hype has this race, we then see every ace race and that's the whole episode. Yeah, that's it. So like the first couple of racing segments were cool. <laughs> um, and then I like how in this episode you ascent, you have like Tora and Kaz who are your, you know, your heroes. They save the day, but really 
the the background hero of this whole episode is Niku because without oh, yeah. Niku, Niku always like, he he's almost like the R two D two yeah right like he's Where the he, one he just kind of stumbles into victories yeah like he's sitting there and he's playing the the games at the casino and he figures out like oh the way that this you know this vulture droid is winning these races is based off of the algorithm that is you know within these gaming machines so he's able to kind of filter through that and eventually on the fucking sixth try he can lead them to victory um i yeah, will that algorithm sucks as bad as instagram's algorithm yeah by the way. <laughs> i will say though that the message that this fucking you know this episode gave to kids was really bad it was basically like keep gambling because eventually you're gonna win <laughs> like <coughs> yeah so take that commenter <laughs> this is a horrible program for kids <laughs> nick's right i didn't think about that way because like the way it really it, no you're right yeah. it's 100 percent. if you gamble and lose double down yeah it's literally just keep going because you're gonna win in the end and then not only will you win that you'll win everything you lost back it's like yeah that is not how that You're goes. You can have kids coming home in their in their underwear, and they're like, "Well, where the fuck all your shit go?" I, don't, I was betting. Yeah, I saw it on Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> I was down big, and I just said, "Hey, all or nothing," and then I got nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, not the best message when it comes to gambling, especially considering, like, it couldn't be more obvious because, like, you're literally set in a fucking casino. Like, if this was on the Colossus and the shit was going down, like at least it would be a veiled gambling message, but you're in a casino. Oh, yeah. And you're going against a fucking casino owner. Yeah, like, you want to take it this way. Basically, the whole message of the episode is if you're down on your luck and you need money, go gamble. Yeah, it's really fucked. So uh, <laughs> I like that. I like how you kind of brought that back home and tied it up. So see, it's not a show for kids. It's just a gambling addicts dream if, if, if everything could play out like that there would be no fucking broke people so um but yeah i agree it was definitely one of the down episodes completely ignored the first order plot but if you are a child watching this that doesn't pick up on subtle messaging there was some really cool racing shit in there so yeah and i i'm anticipating we're probably gonna get one more before it takes a break uh, I have a feeling I didn't get the, the message last week that, hey, this is it. We're going on break. So I, I'm anticipating we, we should get a preview tomorrow, which I'll put up on StarWarsTime.net for uh, episode 10. Uh, but we'll see. So moving on with another Star Wars show that's uh, airing right now, and that's a little program called The Mandalorian. So episode four is debuted. It's called Sanctuary S24. And, of course, I got my ass up on a holiday no less. I mean, literally, I ate my ass off on Thursday. I was up by 6.30 on Friday to start watching this shit. Like, I've got mental problems, my <laughs> friends. But it's to give you the content because we know at least 10 of you like to watch it. So, The Mandalorian Sanctuary, before we kind of get into our, our top moments, because as always, you can get the full recap and review on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but we'll start with the Easter eggs, kind of like we do for Resistance. So, Nick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <clears> to <throat> kind of out myself here. Mm -hmm. I okay. fucked this one pretty bad. Um, there's two I'm going to mention that I, I caught after the fact on my third screening. Uh, but the one I hate myself for because I literally had it marked down 
but I kept waffling on it because I couldn't identify whose fucking gun it was. But I knew the gun was different. I knew it meant something. I knew it was special. And I pushed out, and I didn't include it. Oh, man. So I'll, I'll, I'll call myself out on that one once we... Uh, Oh, fuck it. I'll just say it right yeah, now. Yeah, just open with it. Here we go. Omira was using <clears throat> Bosk's rifle. Oh, God. Really? I didn't It's even... dead on, Bosk's rifle. Dead on. Okay. Wow. And, and that's the one. I was like, fuck, I know I've seen that gun. It's not Boba's gun. It's not That's not a rebel gun. I mean, I was like looking back at like uh, 70s era rebel fighters. <laughs> that, that was kind of reminding me of that shit. But it, it was Bosk's gun. I'm like, wow. fuck. And I'm pretty sure the other one was when they opened the box to get all the guns out. Yeah. I'm positive there is a, a Sand Trooper, it almost looks like a blunderbuss type of gun, but uh, yeah, in I Star Wars you, land. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. But I think that was in there too. So, Bad Matt. You hear this? <laughs> bad Matt. Bad Matt. Flogging himself no. because he right, let that you, was not you my, people there. That was not Little Matt. That was, <laughs> that was my face. But uh, So... <laughs> There you go. I, I fucked up two of them, but I, I still found five. So the first one we got here, we had an R5 head mounted on a farming droid in Omira's village. And that was like right off the bat in the opening of uh, Sanctuary here. Yeah. So R5, you know. the, the hero of the entire Star Wars saga. If it wasn't for R5 exploding, then R2-D2 wouldn't have never link, uh, linked up yeah, with, pretty much. with Luke Skywalker. Much. And then... Everybody would be dead. <laughs> yep. Thank God for bad motivators. Yeah. Uh, uh, next one is an audible reference, and it was probably the best scene of the episode. And this is where Yoda baby is, you know, fucking with the controls and Razor so Crest, good. and man does like, eh, eh, and then he eventually just pulls him over on his lap and calls him a womp rat. Yeah. So we all know where we heard that, and you know, Luke likes to murder those things back in Beggars Canyon on Tatooine on his T sixteen. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a, a nice little reference to that term. It was. Uh, womp rats look a lot bigger than Baby Yoda's, They though, do, but. yeah. Womp rats are huge. Like Yeah, I, I don't... When I was a little kid and I heard that line, it's like, oh, fuck, man, Luke is good shooting little rats from his, his Skyhop or whatever. Yeah. But when you see them, they're like the size of, like, fucking buffaloes and shit. Dude. Yeah, dude, they're, they're really huge. big. I, I don't know if you encounter them in, in Jedi Fallen Order, but I ran into some of them when I was playing Star Wars The Old Republic MMO, and those motherfuckers are big. I was like, oh, this is a womp rat? Wow, it doesn't take much to bullseye one, I can tell you that. Yeah, right, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a and also, assholes. A, a quick call out here. This scene has spawned one of two very popular memes for Baby Yoda that came out of this episode. So you get the switch, the switch play in the Razor Crest, but you also get the second meme, which has now overtaken... Uh, the Kermit sipping tea meme is is when Baby Yoda is drinking his soup. While oh, yeah, watching Kara, the Kara and Mando fight. were tussling. That was just so, like, everything about that Baby Yoda character. He's perfect. Is, like, is every every, perfect. every director has used him now perfectly. I mean, this was Bryce Dallas Howard. Yep. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just, you know, they're having this this big ruckus, and they end up in a stalemate, and they just look. And you got Homeboy sitting there basically going... Are you guys done being fucking assholes yet? Can we go back in and take our seats, please? Yeah, just drinking his soup right there, staring at him. It was fucking fantastic. I, yeah. I think so speaking <laughs> of the bar and Baby Yoda, that's where we get our, our next Easter egg in this episode because there is a loath cat growling at our little friend. And based on the concept art, mm -hmm. it looks like that scene might have played out a little longer or differently, but they, they yeah. changed it for the final version it, it because almost, of the concept art. 
it looks like Baby Yoda is essentially force fucking the guy, like back off. Yeah, so. I was gonna say he was gonna use a little bit of the force, the the Baby Yoda force power on him. Um, yeah, but yeah, but like, I think they probably <clears throat> just cut that and just you know he was kind of like yeah, like get the fuck away from me type of shit. I think it was be- they might have cut it just because I heard Dallas, well not heard her, but I, I read an interview with her and she's like, I just wanted to film Baby Yoda the whole time, like I wanted to do a million cuts with him, so they just filmed a bunch of extra shit that they knew Got they it. were gonna have to cut cause, just because she wanted to film it. <laughs> so, um. But yeah, I mean, and I don't blame her. I mean, at this point, if I was called to direct an episode of The Mando, literally the whole thirty minutes would just be a shot of Baby Yoda, probably sitting in the cockpit of the Razor Crest. Yeah, I mean, just just pushing buttons and going. Eh? I would literally uh-huh. ask Filoni and Favreau. I'm like, can this episode just be like Mando is not feeling good and he's got to lay down, and then I just film Baby Yoda doing baby yoda yeah. shit. like that's all i want he, he, he like straps on his own mandalorian armor and shit <laughs> and gets his own mini pulse rifle yeah and like he is the protector of of mando <laughs> for that one episode oh yeah dude, sign me up get a figure made let's do it all right uh next easter egg uh, when we first meet cara dune she mentions the battle of endor she essentially says after endor i went in and essentially it was a shock trooper they dropped me in to get rid of the remnant and then politics kicked in, and I quit and became a merc. So yep. that was a nice little nod to her time during the rebellion. And yes, she is the other reason why this episode wasn't getting as much hype after it aired on Friday, because a lot of people took issue with the fact that Kara was the one that was uh, asked to take the pulse rifle to go take down the AT-ST and not the big man in the armor. I mean... It's like, my God. If, if you have... <clears throat> I'm being serious, dude. When you're watching that, did did you, did it, it ever even, come across your mind like, no, man, it's fucked up that the girl's gonna go do it? No, not even for a fucking. It doesn't second. even. It doesn't even creep into my. Uh, it doesn't even creep into my uh, uh, sphere of influence. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, who yeah. watches this shit? Just looking for things to be like, oh well, there's a fucking girl. It now, now the man does woke. Got to be woke. Got you know diversity inclusion. It's like what? But dude, like, I, I, I just don't understand it because they they build in your explanation into the episode. She was a rebel shock trooper. This was one of the baddest w- women in the galaxy. Like, and it was her damn plan. Like the whole yeah. plan was hers. Yeah, and like. Not only that, if you just think about it outside of Star Wars lore, like if you break the fourth wall and go like real life here, Gina Carano is a bad motherfucker. Like she's one of the pioneers of women's MMA. I don't know if people who watch this show kind of cross over and associate with MMA. I'm sure that there is. I mean, is. just look at I'm not saying she's <clears throat> a, a fatso, but she's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, I no. Mean, she like, could break somebody. Yeah, like she is. I mean, also if if you watch Deadpool. She plays Angel in the original Deadpool movie. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say she's the best actress out there. I mean, she acts like other fighters act. I mean, she's gotten much better. I actually thought she did really well as Kara. Yeah. Uh, she's a little wonky in some of her other roles. But, no, I mean, it was it was literally her taking charge and the fact that Omira could shoot a gun that rubbed people the wrong way. And they, they I mean, I, I forget. I Someone put a tweet out of this one of the – troll channels but episode three like his graphic is like yeah yeah fucking mando everything fucking mando for life and then episode four it's like oh no mando's woke what the fuck it's I like, just like have these you people gotta be kidding me 
ever seen the original trilogy, like your like your literal leader of that trio was Princess Leia. Like she was oh, especially like, in a new hope. I mean, she basically talks shit to the boys the whole time and she saves her. She fucking asses. grabs the gun out of Luke's hand and he's like, I'll or or Han's hand is like, I'll save our skins. Like she fucking took charge and now when that shit gets done in new Star Wars, people lose their shit. And I don't understand it because it's been there since day one. Uh, like, it's the same nonsense with Rey and how she's a Mary Sue, yet now we have a baby yeah. who can force lift a mud horn. No problem. Yeah, like a thousand all, I forgot about some of these other things. Go back to the prequels. We had a nine-year-old or nine, ten-year-old Anakin who could pod race. No other human could pod race in the galaxy. He never flew a Naboo N1 Starfighter before, but he just jumped in and flew it and took down the whole goddamn blockaded Trade Federation. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, because he's a guy. It's weird, dude. It's it's weird, and you know, and people stop. Like, what, what? Why the fuck do you worry about that stuff? Yeah. Like, what are we talking about in 2019 that we get hung up? on females that have power or are doing things that traditionally you'd think a man would do. I, I just, I do not get it. Yeah, I mean. And I'm not like some fucking crazy tree hugger. I mean, yeah, I, I lean a bit, little bit more loose. But I'm not sitting there like, oh, you know, hey, 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 gotta love everybody, every peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. I mean, George like, what, built like, it do, in. Do you really have enough gray matter, enough time uh, enough space in your head to sit there and as you're trying to watch something that's meant to be fun and fictional and not real and all you can care about is well there's no way a woman could do that it's yeah like, i mean fuck it, planet did you grow up on and i feel bad for you yeah it's it's just weird i mean it's george built it in george made sure that star wars was a place for female empowerment from the very first movie and like somehow People who now like worship George's feet and say that he should be back in charge of Star Wars don't realize that. Like it's very odd. But anyway, you know, Kara. So we're still on Easter eggs. Kara mentions Battle of Endor. That was yeah. Fourth last one. one, very obvious one. Obviously, the Raiders had the ST Chicken Walker. That was kind of decked out. I like the the red interior yeah, lighting the that option they went with. That made it fucking really menacing. <laughs> yeah, I that was that legit. And the, the other thing, Nick, <sighs> I couldn't. I swear we've seen the race of the Raiders before, but I couldn't nail it down. I was I mean, trying to like pick dog that out, too. I was trying to pick that out, too, because I saw them, and I was like, I know. Th- <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. I, I feel like they might have been in one of the cartoons, maybe hanging around some pirates or whatnot, but I, I just I couldn't. I, I first wrote them down because I thought they looked like uh, those fuckers from the Battle of Endor movie. Oh. Uh. What's his name? Mm. shithead sindel and all those assholes oh yeah you ever watch that stuff i i watched it when i was a kid lord what's his name carrick or sarek looking yeah sarek looking it up now he is uh wicked helps sindel escape the evil witch sharal well yeah that's the witch i'm talking about the The, like the the bad looking dude let's see yeah the battle for endor um it's like Tarek or Sarek. Tarek, yeah. Okay. See, I, at first I thought it was those people, but definitely I did studying. I, I studied the skull structure. Not the same. And not the same. So I just left it out there. But I do feel like they've been somewhere else. So I might have missed that one too. Um <laughs> Alright, in terms of the episode, dude. 
It definitely, uh, it felt different than the first three episodes. It was a little bit slower paced where we're kind of transitioning into a different flow for the show. I mean, the first three were pretty frenetic, making his way towards, essentially, I think we're in the real story now, right? I mean, it's the Mando and the kid. They're out on their own. They're hunted. Uh, I'm trying to pull up my top moments here, but there's definitely a few. Uh, obviously the, the shootout, oh fuck, that's the wrong one. Sorry guys. That was three. Sorry guys. <laughs> that's what I said. The baby in the ship. I mean, come on. Yeah. We, we've already talked about this scene multiple times. There's no reason to go into it, but that was just, it's just more baby Yoda Mando awesome. Yeah. I just love the exchange between the two. Even if it's getting almost borderline too cute and too funny, I don't care. It's baby Yoda. <laughs> I mean, I, I 100% agree on that. And and like I said, this is, I don't know if they knew that this was happening consciously when they were making the show or when Favreau and Filoni or whoever was writing things, but like they built this show and that character specifically to, to be internet friendly, like to appeal to the internet and shit like that. And, you know, shit like the ball, the, the soup, you know, the, the little poses that he does, the fate, like everything is just executed in a way where people cannot like i was watching the episode here's how like i was here's here's how i am with this character i was watching the episode and my girlfriend was sitting next to me like she hasn't watched any of the other ones and she mentioned to me before i started it she's like i haven't seen a single episode of the mandalorian but baby yoda memes are all over every timeline that i have so i'm watching it and every time he comes on the screen, I'm just like, hey, baby Yoda. Like, that's literally me every time he pops up on the screen. So, yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, dude, it's it's appointment TV in the Haywood household. I mean, my dad comes down on Fridays. <clears throat> my wife, my kid will we'll all sit around Friday night and watch the new episode. I mean, it's like the fourth time I've seen it by by then. But it, it's appointment TV. I mean, th- this show is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it is mostly because of baby Yoda and the Mando. Mm-hmm. But really, it's Yoda baby. Uh, <laughs> I also like the the meeting with Kara, like the whole thing. I was gonna say that one of like my how, tops was the fight between those. Right, it yeah. just he walks in. You can tell he's suspicious of her. She's suspicious of him. It's essentially exactly how I predicted it. This is one thing I've actually hit on early, like back in the very early days of Mando speculation. I more or less framed it as. They're going to run into each other. She's going to think he's hunting him, or maybe he was going to hunt her. I think that's how I initially framed it. Yeah. And that's what it came into. So he goes out, chase her, they have a fight. And really, at the end of that fight, I think that's when they gain their respect for each other. Like, all right, she can take care of herself. He can take care of himself. He's not here to kill me, even though he is from the guild. Let's just kind of hang out. So I I did like the whole care exchange there in the, in the beginning yeah agreed agreed i really like that as well the baby in the village i mean come on yeah just we, seeing we, the playing kids. with the kids the kids playing with him him eating the frog again but they all make fun and of him spit so he it spits out. it out yeah. because you know he's starting to get that peer pressure i just like hello baby yoda yeah dude i mean this the way you see that character maturing as well i mean like even within a short period of time and this is due to and like i'm gonna call it you know due to the fact that 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 species, whatever it's called, you know, Yoda species, essentially ages very differently than... Um, well, I mean, IG-11 said as much. I mean, basically, like, hey, every species could age differently. Yeah. So, I mean, 50-year Yoda baby might equate to a three- or four-year-old human. Yeah, so now, like, while 
the first episode, he was essentially crib ridden. Now he's able to walk around on his own and he's playing with people and he's kind of building a personality that is very unique to him. So it's really cool to see this character evolve, like even in the in the short amount of episodes that we've seen. Do you think by the end of the season we're going to hear him talk? I think he might. I think like maybe the fucking last episode, the last word will be Baby Yoda's first word, like the, the cliffhanger for season two. Yeah, he said maybe he, baby, baby Yoda gets taken, <gasps> and that's how they end it. Oh shit! And then it turns and he into goes, like he, yeah, they take him, and he goes Mando. Could be that. That would be that would be <laughs> sick. Because that I'd would cry. set up such a fucking crazy second season. Oh, I couldn't handle it. Like, <laughs> just think about it. You'd have to wait for probably over a year to see what, ha- what happens to Baby Yoda. No! I know, dude. That Don't do like, it to me, Nick. If That would be TV's <laughs> biggest season ever hey, of anything. <laughs> Lucasfilm, Story Group, I'm here for you. Yeah, it's perfect. But Just call my agent. Yeah, I mean... All right, next, next moment, dude. I, I love the whole exchange between Mando O'Meara over the helmet the, the first time where we actually see him take it off I mean yeah we didn't see him but I, I didn't even think we'd get that close this early to where we actually see him remove, remove the, the helmet. helmet so he could eat his dinner and put it down yeah uh, but we got a lot of good a lot of good reveals uh, little ones in in this uh, I mean it, it's confirmed now we do know that he is not truly Mandalorian right yeah he's mean, a- he, he he confirmed that I mean basically He's a founder. I was an orphan. They saved me. This is the way. Yeah, I, I assume. I mean, we still haven't had any confirmation on this yet, but I assume that he is what a foundling is to the hundred percent. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I, I think at this point we can say with confidence, foundlings are orphan non-mandos that Mandalorians essentially can script into their coverts. Yeah, and then I could also see why you know that gives context further to. The scene in episode three where like he comes in as a foundling, as as a as a non-traditional Mando with all of this best car and everybody is giving him shit about it. Like, I'm sure if if Paz Vizsla was the one who walked in with that best car, then there would be no conversation like it gets done. And, and that's oh, it. yeah. And it just it reminds them of this great purge. And, and I, I don't know if they hate the foundlings because they had to take them on because of the great purge. But just the idea that the Empire spoiled this Beskar with their stamp and that he was dealing with Imperial remnant fucks, it just rubbed them the wrong way. But we now know for sure Mando isn't a Mando. He's a, kind of a Django-like, right? I mean, yeah. we went through our Django history lesson. It's essentially the same deal where Django was more or less adopted into the Mandalorian culture. But unlike this man, though, he kind of wore out his welcome and became an asswipe. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's interesting now that we have that we understand like the full rules of the Mandalorian helmet, kind of, which creates some plot holes. It definitely does. Like, I mean, because in Star Wars Rebels, those Mandos always had their fucking helmets off. Yeah. Now, like, I don't know because a lot of times, you know, we saw them on Mandalore. Right. So exactly. I don't know if if that makes a difference, but I mean, like, it, it definitely throws the character of Sabine like for a fucking loop. Yeah, I mean, she's she, essentially a rogue ass motherfucker if that's the rule, because she basically only wore her helmet during battle. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, she's always you know whipping the helmet off so much so that like one of her key characteristics is the way she dyes her hair all the time. So 
Yeah, and in this, they essentially say if you take your helmet off, you lose it. You're no longer yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, like unless it's in private, like you're by yourself. The way is the way that I understood it. Like you can't take your helmet off now. So do you think these 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 Mando guys and girls are straight slamming through their armor? It could be. Or do you think they get nude and just keep their just keep the helmet on? on? Is how I would assume it goes down because that's the only thing that. Would that <laughs> Did you hear? I mean, when they're banging, it'd be like clanky, clanky, yeah, clanky, I know, clanky, right? It's clanky, just like oh, their heads my are head, clanky, clanky, fucking, clanky. It's so weird. And the only other thing that I could think of is that we're dealing with a different timeline here. I mean, we're dealing with a timeline that is that is after a good while after what we've seen in rebels. And that's where the, yeah. the, the key kind of conflict comes in is with the Mandalorians that we saw during the clone wars and rebels timeline. So like maybe after the great purge and after all of these terrible things have happened to the Mandalorian people, they instituted this rule. Like you have this helmet, you don't take this helmet off. Yeah. No, I, I was going to go there. I was like, well, maybe this is just a outcome of the great purge and the fact that their numbers have been decimated and that they are hiding like rats. Yeah. So, uh, like anonymity it, is, is their key concern right exactly. now. Exactly. So, so I, I did, I just like that whole exchange because it, it was just good dialogue. You could tell Amir was hot for Mando, but we, we got a little bit of lore on Mando and I'm, I'm always a fan of getting some lore. Uh, I like the, the, the end battle, even though it probably pisses some macho men off. I, yes. I just, I just like the whole thing. I mean, I liked how they worked together with the villagers to get it done. I mean, just the, the montage was a little cheesy, but fun. <laughs> uh, so the battle was fun. And then really in the last top moment, I love the fact that they reminded us that, Hey, Mando, you think that, you know, you're, everything's good now? No, don't worry. Baby's still being tracked. Yeah. I, I love that we got that little tease at the end and then of course the fact that Kara blasts him from behind and smokes his ass dude that's they're really good at that like the the writers i mean filoni favreau and then the directors of each episode are really good at those like off-screen shots that you think oh yeah it's kind of like episode one not as dramatic because you kind of have a feeling that all right there's no way because they literally almost keep the scope shot on baby yoda's head as you hear that the thing going off so yeah. if it really was the sniper, I mean, you, you essentially saw green goo, yeah, green baby, mist, if you will. Maybe Yoda's head explode, but yeah, no. Exactly. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, they, they are good with that little, uh, that little trick, trick. camera trickery. So I mean, what was fantastic about this episode is that this is a setup episode. Like, this is what you would typically see as like, oh, this is probably going to be the boring setup into what you mentioned, Matt, like the rest of the story. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's where we've now launched into probably the mid to getting ready to close out this first season. So the, the, the narrative now has shifted from the Mando is a foundling that does what he can for the covert to the Mando and baby Yoda are literally on the run, just like John wick from every bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah. Like they're the most wanted people in the galaxy. And by the way, probably the Imperial remnant. And I think last week we said we were going to meet Moff. He's definitely coming this week. He's got to be coming in episode five. And I think we get Fennec in this one too. Yeah. And now when's character. Cause I think uh, episode five is going to be That's uh, Filoni again. Yeah. Filoni's second episode. So she's going to be coming in there. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I really love that they didn't kind of rest on this episode, though, because it would have been really easy for a 30, 30 to 35 minute long show to kind of rest on this one. But they made it a 
transitionary episode, but also added in a lot of good action. Like you mentioned, you know, this whole the the final battle at the end with the Raiders and then with the with the ATST, like that was all fucking fantastic stuff while also building on not only the lore and the story around the Mando as a character, but Mandalorians as a people. Um, so there was a lot of fantastic content in here. Um, in addition to the two best memes on the internet right now, flip switching baby Yoda and super. <coughs> yeah. Baby if anything, Yoda. the episode gave you meme, meme central. So, yeah. and don't worry, this is not the last of Cara Dune. I mean, I, I can guarantee you that. Cause we, we saw a clip of her in some of the trailers where she's got her space Gatling gun lighting shit up. So yeah. So she's coming back, as they so. say at the end, would they say until our paths cross Yeah, until our paths cross. So, so we good. almost got another quote there. It didn't quite stick. Like this is, this the, is way. the way and I have spoken, but it, it's, it's almost like they're throwing in star Wars quotes for fans to drop to each other. Every episode too, which just again confirms the show's fucking, they money. know how to build it. Like Filoni and Favreau, they found the perfect mixture with this show. Like, they, they hit on something that was so, it was right, it was like right there. And like, it was, we, everybody knew who was a Star Wars fan that you can make a live action Star Wars TV show and knock it out the park, but you needed to do it the right way. And, and Filoni and Favreau ha, have done everything correctly. Yeah, and, and you needed about $110 million. Yeah, per episode. <laughs> so yeah, $110 million total, about $15 million an episode, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, man, hey, yeah, it's easy when you got that, and it's no problem. So, I mean, I, I liked, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Don't care if there was powerful women or not. I, I think it kind of rounds out the whole thing. And, and honestly, if you think about it, the Mandalorian has needed help in every episode at some point, or he'd be toast. So yeah, I mean, he's he's not fucking Superman. My one friends. thing that I wanted to call out from this is like. You know, Mando gets his ass kicked. Like Cara yeah. Dune beats him. Like IG Eleven <clears throat> helped him in the first one. Yeah. Baby Yoda literally saves his life in the second. Yeah. In the third one, the Mando. Every like, goddamn Mando in that town saved him. And now this one, he worked together with with Cara. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they could have easily gone a different way and had him be like the like the typical lone wolf kind of character, which he kind of is because he's not being, he still is. It's not like he said, Hey, care, come with us. I mean, but he's not this all powerful. I don't need help. You know, this is, this is the Mando show. Like he realizes that in order to be successful or in order to fuck, he's not like a Ronin where he's almost in exile. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's all about linking up with other people and getting help. And I, I agree with you. It just makes it, this just kind of rounds out the whole universe they're creating in the Mandalorian. So yeah, still loving it. <laughs> Episode five coming up this Friday. You know, my happy ass will be getting up bright and early to watch it and vomit out some Easter eggs and a recap and review that only a couple of you will watch. But hey, I like doing it, I guess. So <laughs> moving on, we got uh, some Boyega talk before we get into the top five. Mr. Boyega. Just real quick. No reason to go into this one in depthly, but I wanted to give Nick mm-hmm. the credit. Because he was the one last week when we were predicting who was the main star to leak their script. Nick immediately went to Boyega. I shot him down, tried to explain it. Well, <laughs> I should have just listened to Nick because Boyega confirmed himself that he was the one that leaked it. So we'll, we'll just kind of leave that one there. Nick was right. 
I'm I'm an idiot. Pat myself on the back for that. There you go, buddy. <laughs> uh, but the other one we did get. So this week at Vanity Fair, they're they're kind of putting out an interesting article every day. Uh, I'd argue today's wasn't that interesting because I didn't post it, so you know it wasn't that interesting. But yesterday's kind of was. <coughs> and we got <laughs> excuse me, we got some insights from JJ, I believe. Yeah, yeah JJ. JJ on Finn and, and Finn's role in the film and, and what we're going to see. And he confirmed, and this should make Finn fans happy. Say that a few times really mm-hmm. fast. Finn fans happy. Finn fans happy. Finn fans happy. But we're going to get to uh, explore his past a little bit in Trost. JJ says, it is part of the story of this one. And it was alluded to in episode seven. But there's a bit more light shed on that in this one. Yeah, I mean, and so... If we think back to TFA, one of the primary storylines of the First Order Troopers is that they are stolen children. Like, they, that, that's what they are. They're, they're children that have been kidnapped, and then they've been mind-wiped. Um, or they've been, you know, their village has been completely decimated, and they just left the children alive. And then they, you know, First Order takes them in, fucks with their heads, and they become troopers. So expanding on that story is amazing, because really, if you think about it, the, the character growth arc in seven or or in episode eight in TLJ for the one of the new primary characters was all basically focused around Poe. Like, you know, you knew what he was. You knew he was a, a, a resistance fighter. You knew he was this, this brash kind of flyboy cocky. But his growth arc really kind of happened within episode eight. And now you assume that going into episode nine, he's going to be a more established kind of stand-up leader type of character based off of his story from eight. And now we get to explore that part of of Finn in episode nine. And I assume that this is going to come probably... I mean, it actually sounds like we're going to get a bit more light shed on all everybody. the main characters' histories. I mean, not in a very exhaustive manner as jj says you're not going to get full exhaustive downloads on all their childhoods and every major step that got them to where they are but there are a lot of questions about finn's past about poe's past obviously ray and kylo and then some of the new characters we meet and he goes on to say this movie is a conclusion so we went into as jj and chris we went into this movie very much in the mindset that this has to be conclusive it has to you have to get some answers. You have to learn some things. So yeah, I mean, that should make everyone happy. We I mean, got the. It's gonna be interesting to me to see like him saying this, and he's been very adamant about this since the press tours have started. It's gonna be interesting to see if he can do it in that runtime. I know that that runtime still really makes me itchy, but I'm just gonna see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, um, he's like. No matter what you think, it's almost an indisputable fact that J.J. Abrams is one of the best sci-fi storytellers within our generation of directors. Like, that, yeah, that he's, he's good at what he does. I mean, he's good at writing the stories, and he, he's really good at executing them in a moving picture visual format. Yeah, so. I mean, it's unfortunate that that J.J. has really had his original content told through TV because what people look to for for Abrams is they look at what he did with Star Trek and Trekkies got really pissed at that because he essentially just created a timeline where he could do whatever he wanted. Smart move, by the way. And then people look at Star Wars and all the backlash that's associated with that now, and they're like, well, all he's done is take shit that's already been done 
and then make fans yeah, mad I mean, about it. He also cooked up Lost, yeah, Alias, Lost, some two, Alias, two of the best. Fringe. I mean, a lot of these fantastic sci-fi, fantasy-oriented. Super Eight's a good film. Super Eight, Cloverfield. I mean, yeah, he's. A, I mean, I, I've I've got all the faith in the world that he definitely did his best to try to give us something that's going to try to put bows on as many things as possible. I mean, honestly, at this point, the only question I need answered is the thing he teed up in seven with Maz and the fucking Skywalker lightsaber. Yeah, I know. And at if this can... point, it's like so. I mean, who cares? But I want to know just because she said we were gonna learn it. Yeah, it's like I, I, I would like to know where that came from. I also, I mean, I don't think that this is gonna happen, but I want to find the green boy. I want to find ROTJ Luke lightsaber oh yeah where's that at i mean because we assume i mean knowing the way luke was as soon as he crash landed he probably fucking just threw it in the the ocean like see ya like i'm not sure if he still had it in the scene that we saw directly after kylo collapses the hut on him at the jedi academy yeah yeah you didn't you didn't see they didn't really show it i'm still going on that one uh reddit person who who speculated that in the end, R2 is going to show up at the right moment and shoot that fucking green saber out to probably Kylo Ray. That would be. I'm beautiful. I'm I'm on board with that a thousand times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. So, um, yeah, JJ essentially telling us that don't worry. The questions that you have, the backgrounds that need to be filled in on these characters, will be filled in in some way. Like, don't expect. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Like, Don't be an idiot. He's not going to spend 30 minutes per character, like you said, going back to their childhood. But it, we may get some dialogue or, or flashes that allow us to fill in some of the blanks broadly. Yeah, absolutely. So good to hear. All right. I mean, we all expected that. But yes, good stuff. So moving on. We're rounding things out. Moving on to the last segment of the primetime show. And you all know what that means. It's time for the top five Instagram Star Wars fan artists of the week. As always, this is a it's a very fun segment. It's one you get to participate in if you tag us on Instagram. So hashtag Star Wars Time Show or just tag at Star Wars Time Show. And it could be anything Star Wars related. It doesn't have to be toy photography, although that's what we predominantly feature. So I lined them up throughout the, the week. And now Nick is here to announce his top five. Yes, yes. And, you know, I put this at the bottom of the post for those of you reading before we got into the the cast, but this is the first, uh, in my memory, the first official Nick top five with no stormtrooper, no bucket head, no trooper oh, at all didn't. in it. Yeah, I didn't even look at it. Yeah, yeah this no. is going to be a surprise the preface. So um, that's just wanted to put that out there right now because, yes, I know last week we said if you want to make the top five, just put a trooper in it. This is the first time in a long time that a trooper has not been in the top five. But yeah, we're we're well-known liars. Too, so. <laughs> it's true. To kick things off, we have a fantastic Mando scene recreation from Episode One um, by Key Toy Graffet. Key Toy Graffer. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I don't yeah. know how to fucking say it either, man. It's key Toy Graffer. Uh, key Key Toy Graffer. Yeah, Key Toy Graffer. So it's essentially um, what we have here is a shot of Man- of Mando and IG Eleven standing next to each other. And Mando pulls off the no-look pistol shot through the head of IG-11 to stop him from killing. Yeah, but now we get to see it. Like, Kito is showing us what that would have looked like if if we got a front-end view or a front-angle view. Yeah, of this shot. So I think it was a fantastic execution by, by, I mean, his name is Kevin. 
uh, Kevin T Oi O E I is his is his last name. <laughs> I'm fucking it up, Kevin. I'm sorry if you're listening, but um, Keytographer. No, Key I mean, dude, this is a badass say, shot. Yeah, the guy, I love it. Guy, uh, I mean, he just came on our radar a few months ago, and he he's another one that when he puts out a shot, it's usually going to be feature worthy. He just does a really good job of the uh, post processing, the lighting, adding some effects to it. Uh, just excellent work. Yeah, this one. I mean, on our side, got 222 likes, which means Instagram loved it and people loved it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, he has, if you go to Kevin's page, he's got a shot that he put out right before this Mando shot of, of two X Wings flying that looks stellar. Like, it looks like a, a screenshot from a movie. Yeah, it looks um, real, but then you flip to the other side, and it's it's like yeah, two models on like a vacuum cleaner or something. Yeah, I mean the the guy does fantastic post processing work, and that's what really makes yeah, he's a um, it looks like he's a Photoshop master. Like he's very good at compositing, you know, essentially shooting a green screen shot and then layering it into awesome. Yeah, so keytographer, keytographer. Well, I can tell you right now, this Boba Fett one—that's in my folder to be featured too. Oh so. yeah, the one, I, I mean. yeah, the, the, one of those coming up. I mean, it's fucking fantastic. The guy's a killer. He's only got 523 followers. That should definitely be higher. I mean, it looks like I don't know how long he's been around the toy toy photography community. 82 posts here, but I mean, he—he's pretty new. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we were one of the first people to find him and, and share his work. So there we go. So. Uh, we're here to help him grow, and he deserves it. I like his uh, his bio. I shoot supers <laughs> crossed out models, and public is crossed out yeah, in figures. figures so. Yeah, I shoot models and figures. Beautiful. Right. So, I like that. Uh, I like that. Good stuff. Good stuff here by Key Toygrapher, K-E-I-T-O-Y-G-R-A-P-H-E-R on Instagram all together. Um, yes, sir. Next up, we have, I mean, this guy is a killer there he is. i mean work more or less he's been on the top five multiple times he will be on the top five again and i mean the guy i think like this is literally like a part of his job right like he does this yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure he's either getting paid for this one or got compensated either with figures or something but as you can see he was forced to put on hashtag ad. disclaimers of Hasbro, Lucasfilm, fantasy scene, special effects, and then he had to tag it ad. Yeah. And actually, by us sharing it now, Nick, I keep getting nasties in our Instagram. Like, hey, if this is branded content, you need to fucking tag it. I'm like, it isn't. It's not for us. It's for him. Yeah, it's not like, for us. Look, also, we shared the original, like the original uh, caption from it that has the ad tag in there so chill out right, right. so we're anyway sharing dude, this it is, because it looks dope like that this is one of jason's best i mean he, he a lot of this is all practical i mean the base is practical the stairs are practical i don't know if he bought them made them or what uh but if you look at some of the behind the scenes i think he posted or it's actually on hasbroshop.com or hasbro pulse one of the websites um, it's just, it's amazing what work more or less can create indoors with some lights and a few props because you see this and you're like, holy shit. I mean, it's like, just like they're in the carbon freezing chamber. I mean, he, he must've had all the set pieces, but if you t look at the behind the scenes, it's, it's a fairly standard setup, nothing crazy, no insane magic going on here. It's just Jason excels at setups, lighting, 
execution. Yeah, and this is a perfect example of that because, like you mentioned, yeah. this looks like it's straight out of the movie. I mean, it's right. it's an absolutely perfect depiction of the scene in ESB. Uh, you know, while I mean, in, in April, I tried to remake Luke scenes with figures, and they looked like some asshole. I was mean, doing them. some asshole worthy enough of getting his stuff as one of eight featured artists yeah, on the Hasbro they've, Pulse They've never booth. hit me back, so <laughs> I must have pissed somebody off at that PR shop, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, Hasbro literally reached out to this guy to make this, so yeah. that should speak volumes. Yeah, fantastic. Dude's stuff. an artist. I mean, he, he's an artist with, with the camera, but <clears throat> literally his real-life job is creating shit. Yeah. Um, so fantastic work by work more or less. I mean... If you're not following this guy already, then you should be. Definitely give him a follow at work more or less on Instagram. Fantastic work. He's um, a nice guy, too. Yeah, nice dude. So this next up is actually, I think this is the first time that, that we've ever featured what is essentially just a Photoshop job, like a very clever Photoshop job. Um, and this is by Caffeine and Pixels on Instagram. And, and what it is is... It's a shot of Baby Yoda. It's a photoshopped shot of Baby Yoda in front of the Skywalker hut on Tatooine. I mean, it's a remake of that famous poster from TPM TPM, where you had little Anakin standing in front of a hovel, but his shadow is Darth Vader. So here we get Baby Yoda, but his shadow is Yoda. It's Yoda. It's proper Yoda. Now, you know, Caffeine and Pixels does not know, nor do we know, that, that... Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. I've come out and said that I that I would take it to the bank that Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. But who knows? But I I do I, I really love just the 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 creative concept behind this, the execution right. of it. It's really cool, and it does it takes you know something that is within you know the the minds of the pop culture world right now and it extracts it into what we could see in the future or what this kid what could uh, be it's easily i mean it stands out because i mean i'd argue it's one of the most iconic looking star wars posters yeah and the, i know it's for a prequel and it's for tpm but it's like one of the first marketing things we got for it and when i saw that i was like oh man yeah, i can't I mean, wait to get into this look that's little Darth Vader. Yeah, little Jake Lloyd sitting there with the with the huge. I mean, yeah, I think Jake Lloyd's probably dead or in jail or he a was, meth addict. He got right? arrested pretty recently. I know. Oh, yeah, I've seen a mugshot of him. He looks like a criminal. Yeah, I mean, like things did not go well for this. For this Jake this movie, <laughs> just like Hayden, essentially destroyed him. Yeah. So I don't think that the Mandalorian is going to destroy Baby Yoda nearly as much as it did those two, but. Um, yeah, this was a fun concept. Yeah, you fun- never know. A few years from now, we'll, be, we'll see Baby Yoda with a, a crack pipe and yeah. a syringe sticking out of his arm. Selling death sticks and high on spice. <laughs> Just Yeah, his fucking dye, dyes his hair pink. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a fun concept. It was a fun play on something that we've seen again or seen previously in Star Wars Land. So Caffeine and Pixels on Instagram. Well done. Well done, sir. Um, all right, next up, we have another scene recreation shot from Captain Ordo at CPT underscore zero RDO. Yeah, this guy's an all-star, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ordo is, is really excelled at staging. Like, look at all the fucking characters in this shot. I know. It's like this is literally, if you look, if you look around in this shot, um, the primary figures are obviously from ROTJ. You have... Bausch. I'd say there's at least eleven characters. 
Wow. Just in the in the frame. I bet there's more in his setup. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see. I don't know if, if, if Ordo did a, a BTS on this shot, but, I mean, the way, like you mentioned, the way that it's composed is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's a perfect recreation of Yate, Yate, Yoto, Yoto. Yoto. Yeah, basically, Leia's coming in his bouse trying to shake down Jabba for the bounty yep. on Chewbacca. Yep, and that's what you see. Yeah, he's got it behind the scenes there. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, yeah, there's like 12 or 13. Fucking <laughs> look at uh, Zuckus is kind of out just hanging yeah, off just by off himself. Yeah, just off to the left behind Dengar. Fucking <laughs> creep. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's a fantastic image. It's a fantastic scene recreation, and it does capture exactly the essence of that scene from the movies um man he's starting to get like some fucking crazy like amounts too that's good yeah yeah he's getting yeah i mean that that anakin that one six scale anakin oh 2000 scene remake man that's a good one that's a beautiful beautiful shot there um so yeah i mean it's a super fun shot scene recreation you can see it's like matt said some famous bounty hunters in here obviously balsh as you know leia as balsh is your primary Focus. If you look in the back right, you can see Bosk. If you look in the back left, you can see Dengar. And like Matt mentioned, off screen to the farther left is, is Zuckus. But you don't really, you can't really see him in this primary shot that we shared. So. This bounty hunter is my kind of scum. <laughs> oh man, dude! I just wish I could speak Huttese because the way, like that whole speech that Jabba gives in the palace in ROTJ, you don't know shit that he's saying. But you're like, oh man, this sounds. But you do, awesome. yeah. Like, it's just like the the droid, like R two. I have no fucking clue what his beeps mean, but I do. Yeah, it's same with Chewbacca. I don't know what the growls mean, but I do. It's it's fucking fantastic. I love. But that you are voice. right. I mean, Hatties, I think is is my favorite dialect. Yeah, it's just so like, it's almost like the German. It's just it sounds angry oh, all yeah, the it's time. Very guttural yeah. and. and just strong sound. Yeah, it's fucking great. I love it. I, I just I go back to the, the episode one, the opening scene of Mando, and just that big guy. Hey, Mando. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love that. Great. I love it. It's fucking great. All right, so that was number four, at CPT underscore zero RDO on Instagram, Captain Ordo, killing it with the ROTJ scene recreation. Um, last up, we have a, a brand new top five member and we actually have three brand new top five members in this. Yeah, one. dude. I'm like, look at you. Key toy really? caffeine and pixels. And now we have Brett Woolman, B R E T T W O O L M A N on Instagram with a fantastic shot from star Wars rebels. You get Ezra and you get chopper. Now, um, I know that we've seen a similar shot or like chopper comes with this little rocket rocket piece with him. Right. Yeah, there's like a base and then the little shit part that comes out. Okay, so you yeah. can see the base kind of on the ground. I'm assuming he... It looks like he tried to light the base, but maybe added some post effects to the actual... Yeah, there's definitely little... some post-processing done around like the actual exhaust port coming out of... Um, but nothing crazy. Chopper, That's what no. I like. I mean, it's very light touches. You can even see on the lightsaber. Like, he just very lightly made it glow. He didn't... I, I typically all erase the plastic part and then draw a line and then add some glow, gosh, effect, and blur yeah. 
and then some outer blur to get my sabers. But I, I like sometimes when it's just very basic touches. Yeah, it is. It's very simple touches. Excellent use of what I I mean, I don't think that this is atmosphere aerosol because it's too thick. No, this has to be a fog machine or sometimes I'll use a hand steamer when I'm indoors yeah. just to save money. Plus, I'm not going to lie, atmosphere aerosol, super convenient. It can't be good for the environment. It's a fucking aerosol can. Yeah. And the shit, it's like spraying WD-40 all over your figures. Really? It's like super oh, oily? It mm. leaves a film. There's okay. no doubt about it. Gotcha. So. I, I mean, I've got probably 10 cans sitting right next to me. I'm a scumbag that wants the planet to die, but <laughs> there are times it's like, okay, I, I'm getting ready to transition into my indoor shooting period of the year because it's pretty fucking cold up in the north. It's like, uh, do I just break out the hand steamer or do I use my atmosphere aerosol where it's easy as shit? I don't have to plug anything in. I just hit a button. You know what you got to do, go. man? You got to take the vape and put some vape smoke in there. That there can, you go. That can put out some clouds, right? Yeah, that would that would look thick like this. Yeah, that's. A, sure. I almost thought that I was like, is this like actual cigarette It, it could smoke? be. I, I, there's a lot of people that use vapes to uh, get the smoke effect for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this one, I really do like the atmospheric effect that, that Brett Woolman's got going on here. And then we don't get to see that many Star Wars Rebels characters in our top fives. Um, and it's always really fun when we see a cool shot um, of Rebels characters, whether it be, you know, Sabine or Hera, Kanan, Zeb. And yeah, I, I love have, these guys. You know. I still wish they would have went with season four Ezra. With I'm the, not sure why the they crop. went right back to the long hair guy. Yeah, they, they, they chose the younger the younger Ezra. Um, but yeah, the, the cropped hair on, on season four is definitely a little bit more menacing. It gave him a huge fucking schnoz too. His nose it, takes up like fucking a fourth I mean, it's, of his it's face. Almost, I'm sitting here. It's like, oh man, I was going to say, that is kind of character correct. But I mean, you look at him straight on, it's almost comical looking. It is. It, it's very, it looks like one of those fake pair of glasses and nose you could buy. Yeah, right? the Groucho Marx fucking Exactly. <laughs> it does. He's got a fucking nose on him. But I think the shot's super cool. I think that Brett Woolman really kind of captured the essence of young Ezra, like the Ezra who was kind of like all like throw caution to the wind and just fucking get in there and, and get shit yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um and then obviously Chopper with his little arms out waving around and then the you know, the rocketing off. I <laughs> thought that was super cool. Um so yeah, that that rounds out the top five. Uh, for this week so congratulations to all the top five members and again i put this at the back end of the post but if you like any of the figures that you've seen in this um in this top five or if you just want to kind of follow along with with toy collecting news uh make sure to stop by the exclude collective um they'll keep you up to date with all yeah of don't forget about our homies over at excludecollective.com next time we may need a guest host <sighs> I've been talking to Trevor. We may line him up to come in and and uh, pinch hit for one of us. There so. we go. And he is a, a, a team member over at the Exclude Collective, excludecollective.com. All right, speaking of dot-coms, well, dot-nets, that is. It's that time of the show to close out and say goodbye to your friends that love talking about Star Wars and yelling about people that hate Disney Star Wars. So you know what to do. It's StarWarsTime.net time. Let's go. Get over there. Click away. Subscribe, right? Up in the top right. Subscribe to the podcast. Or if you're on mobile, hit that hamburger menu. You can get to it there, too. Trust me, we have a platform of your liking. 
And if we don't, you can always just consume the cast and our videos we make on a weekly basis on our YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, not Tar Wars Time Show. Or you can just go to StarWarsTime.net and get all the stuff there. I mean, it's just one easy central location to consume all things from the Star Wars Time Show bros. All right? Sound good? You know what to do once you get there. Tell a friend. Like. Comment. Rate. Review. Be like I bought a uh, Star Wars Black Series 2019. He, he, he even puts out posts now where he's like, don't forget to like, rate, and review. Fucking love that guy. We need more Gregs. We need more Rust Belt collectors. More Sir Dorks. More Baron Black series. We need these people out here. They're 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 our foot soldiers at this point. Everything Kylo. Goat number one. Sir Dork, goat number one. Don't you want to be goats with them? You can do that by listening to the Star Wars Time Show. And if you do, don't forget, the force will be with you. Always.